In August of 2018, the Chinese-based app TikTok launched in the United States after merging with popular lip-syncing app Musical.ly. Thanks in part to the U.S. expansion, the app now sees over 500 million active users sharing political information, filming influencer culture, and staying true to the root of the app with original music and lip-syncing content. Lizzie McAplin, the Philadelphia-based songwriter, gained a strong following for her original work about the painful reality about an ex ruining your favorite band. McAplin's soft acoustic melodies and whispering choruses framed the singer-songwriter as an Elliot Smith for the digital age. McAplin's disdain for modern romance captures the same tone that Smith took with his disdain for day-to-day life. But beneath the misery and the heartbreak is a layer of hope and wonder, something that is registered on Give Me a Minute. The record captures heartbreak and the present with each song feeling more and more urgent and relevant than the last. And for that, Give Me a Minute is an art school album. Don't wanna be forward Don't wanna cross a line But if I were to crash in this plane tonight, I'd want you to know this. My guest today has been on this podcast before all the way back in December 2019 on episode three. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the podcast the woman that is now sporting a mullet, and you will be able to see that on my Instagram, at underscore K-Slow, C-A-S-E-L-O-W-E, if you are not aware of what I'm talking about, the woman with the mullet, her name is Allison Cochran. Allison, how are you doing? Oh, hi, K-Slow. Hi, Allison. Hi, sweet boy. <laughs> hi there. Um, I That's crazy that the last time I was on your podcast was December. Could you have like even you really predicted did. what would have occurred? In the, in the nine months since we've last podcasted. Literally, a whole pregnancy. It's been a whole pregnancy <laughs> since we podcasted together. I could have had a baby, Case. We could have had a baby. You could have had a baby. You did not. <laughs> no, I didn't. Instead, we instead have I, been living life. Yeah, instead I was with my parents for five months. With, with no babies in sight. With no babies. Allison, I do have to ask up top, since we did reference your haircut and you were telling me before we went on the air that you were very nervous that maybe I didn't like your haircut or that <laughs> other people might that was not private. like your haircut. That was private case. <laughs> Allison, the year is 2020 and you have decided to turn back the clock to 1986 with your current haircut. Can you explain the motivations behind it? Honestly, I was like, nothing matters in 2020. Nothing matters in quarantine. Like... Fuck it. Oh, frick it. You can say, you can say whatever you want. Fuck it. Noise. Keep that in. (laughs) Um, but I always like wanted to do something like really crazy with my hair and I don't have the balls to just totally shave off all my hair. So just like very recently I saw, cause Miley Cyrus has the mullet. I saw her and I was like, that's like kind of cool. And then I did not think about it for very long. I thought about it Monday. I asked my roommates, Hey, should I get a mullet? Ask my mom, like, their opinion. And then four days later, I just got it. Because if I thought about it any longer, I would have convinced myself not to do it. (laughs) Miley Cyrus calling out Joe Rogan on his own podcast was real queen energy. I obviously appreciate what (laughs) Miley Cyrus did there. With your haircut intact, Allison, I I was going to ask, you know, how has 
what you have participated in of the quarantine process been treating you because you're someone that is very social, that likes to go out, that likes to have fun, that likes to surround yourself with people. Maybe it's fair to say you hate being alone. I could oh, see, yeah. <laughs> I could see this time period being a little challenging for you. Is the haircut the most, you know, the most crazy thing you've done since March? How have you been coping with all of this? Honestly, this is the craziest thing. Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm going to change my look. Like, let me cut my hair off. Now I want to get a nose ring. Maybe. I don't know. Like, I'm just like, this is the time to do it. I'm 21. I live in Chicago. Like, let's just, let me get a mullet. This is the only time I can ever do it. And then it'll be a funny story. Like, yeah, when I was 21 during 2020, guys, I got a fucking mullet. I like, like that that you're you're so starved for perhaps an audience or for live comedy that your life has become the bit. Is that very comforting <laughs> to you? Honestly, yes. Yes. Well, I love it. My life I need to get that tattooed. My life has become the bit. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you're back on the podcast. We had you here in December. You were talking about an album that you had no say over what was discussed. When, when this podcast is when people are booked, I typically ask the person that is the guest, you know, give me three to five albums you'd like to talk about. And and with very rare exception, has anybody given me a list? And I go, I'm just not talking about any of those albums. It is 99% of the time the guest dictates what the album is that is going to be discussed. Allison tagged along on the Christmas episode with Jake Klingetsmith, where we discussed Chris Ferentz, Like a Gift from God or whatever, the pop punk Christmas album that Allison did not like. It was not her <laughs> music taste. She was not a fan of the album. She might have not even been a fan of being on the episode. I don't know, but she's here now, which is what oh, no, matters. I Loves being on the episode. You know I love attention. That so is that great. is true. The one thing you do love is attention, but now that you are <laughs> back on a on an episode where you got to completely dictate what we're going to talk about, I would like to dive a little bit deeper into your music catalog because I do feel like someone uh, like you are someone that hits sort of the opposite ends of the spectrum where, you know, I have been in your apartment many times where the sounds of Doja Cat are blasting from wall to wall. I think Allison Cochran is someone that enjoys what be what could be labeled as urban contemporary, but then you also love these horrifically sad, acoustic, at times folk-inspired albums. Is that fair to say? Oh, for sure. That was like the perfect sentence. And I think more recently over quarantine, I've been like listening to more indie music. So definitely like, it really is. I love like, rap and R&B and then just to like polar opposite like I'm just gonna cry in my room now I would like to know from your perspective and you and you used a tone when you said the word that in, really intrigues me in your mind what is the indie music that you have been listening to I see now I'm embarrassed to say the artist no, please. This is Allison. Allison, this is a safe space. You can talk about whatever oh. you'd like here. Okay. You know what? Good to know. Let me go on my. Um. Okay. I'm not gonna say them. Okay. Okay. Omar Apollo. I feel like that's kind of indie. Unsure of who that is. Can you give a brief summarization as to who Omar Apollo might be? So he is kind of like. 
sad boy, soft indie. I don't, it's not R&B, but it's like cruising, you know? This sounds similar to the vibe that I got from Rex Orange County, which was, yeah, this guy that uh, certainly can slow it down and create uh, what the kids would call a vibe, but I'm not necessarily interested. Yeah, the kids call it a vibe, but I'm not really into it, but I respect what he does. I understand there's a market for it. Um, Still Woozy. Um, I listen to a lot of Still Woozy. I actually have been finding a lot of new artists. I just do like my... um, What's it called? The Discover Weekly. Oh, the oh, the Spotify made for you. Yeah, those are the nicest Uh, things ever. (laughs) Thank you, Spotify, for sponsoring this episode. (laughs) Hey, you can listen to the podcast on Spotify and any other podcast platform of your choice. And one of the artists that you have been listening to so much lately is the artist we are here to talk about today, Lizzie McAlpine. I. You brought this album to me. I was completely unfamiliar with her work, with her background, with all that she had going on. And this is an album that came out a mere month ago. Give Me a Minute released on August 13th, 2020. Allison, what was your journey into discovering this artist? Yeah, so actually, I found her on TikTok. Um, And I think this is pretty cool. I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to say it's true. I think this might be like the first like time people are talking about her on a podcast. Like she is our age. I'm pretty sure she goes um, to school, um, Berkeley School of Music. I'm pretty sure she, she's in London right now. I'm trying to follow her. Um, <laughs> she does, not follow her, but. Yes, she, she, yes, she, she digitally follow around. her. Yes. Digitally follow her. Um, but she has a TikTok and um, I found her TikTok about the 1975 song, which like blew up has like a million likes went super viral and then from there i just like got hooked with like listen to her videos all the time like literally would ox her like tiktoks in my car on the way to work like i just think her voice is so it's just so beautiful really and so i followed her from then probably around her like june and then i was really excited when she was going to release this uh, EP album. It's an know. album. It's an LP. It is yeah. a full length album. LP, LP baby. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I found, found her on TikTok. But now I um, follow her on social media and listen to her like old stuff on YouTube and SoundCloud. So she's kind of been like my artist of the summer, kind of, which is cool. You are someone that I directly associate the world of not only TikTok, but of Vine with. I feel like you were someone that deeply cared about Vine and and short digital content. Is this the only artist, whether it be music or otherwise, that you have found through those apps? Or does a lot of your current consumption come from people that were either on Vine or TikTok at some point? Um... I think she is the only like big artist that I would listen to off TikTok. But like from Vine, like I watched Vine when like Sean Mendez was still there, and like I really liked him as a Viner, but now he's like fucking Sean Mendez huge. Um, I think a lot of like the content that I do watch is from Vine. Like I love Cody Ko, um, and just like all of those like small people that now have YouTube channels. Um, so I think I followed like that. Like a lot of my content and like I guess some of my music is from Vine, but TikTok, I feel like, is so different just because the videos are so much longer. So you can, like, really get to, like, see an artist and see their music. And it's not just, like, singing artists. It's also, like, people that paint and make shirts and, 
want to kiss me. I don't know. Well, that, that's always a possibility on the internet is there could be someone yeah. out there wanting to kiss you. And that is comforting yeah. in a way, perhaps scary in another way. We did just. I mention... think more scary. <laughs> it is. It is a little. Now that I say it out loud, I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> okay. The artist in question, Lizzie, uh, you were correct. She attends Berkeley College of Music in Boston. We are about to uh, embark on our senior year of college. By the time this episode is out, we will have started our senior year semester. This person is a year younger than us, seems to be far more talented than us. Allison, does this album make you feel bad in any way, shape, or form? Judging from your <sighs> face, I think you disagree with my talent assumption. <laughs> No! I mean, I can't fucking sing like that. I can't sing, period. I can do a tenor, and that's it. Um, no, oh my god. It's amazing, just like her songwriting, too. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, she's a quarter more talented than me, but, like, it's shocking that, like, someone that is so close to her age, like, has... Not that it's shocking, but it's, like, crazy that she, like, blew up, kind of. Oh, completely. I mean, she's someone that yeah. is that is being discovered on Spotify playlists such as IDK and Hanging Out and Relaxing. Playlists, playlists that I don't necessarily associate with you, Allison. In fact, I would mm-hmm. like for you to perhaps explain some of your more notorious Spotify playlists. Maybe when you're feeling down in the dumps, what you turn to, what those playlists are called, and, and what is in those playlists. Taste love. You brought me on this podcast to make fun of me. You brought me on this podcast to tell everyone my deepest, darkest secrets. You know what? Fine. I'll tell you, podcast world. I have this album on Spotify called Another Night Alone. I thought I was being clever. But when you put it on the TV and Chromecast it for all your friends because you want to play a sad boy song, and then up in the top left corner it says Another Night Alone, and then everyone starts laughing at you, I thought I was being clever, and I was sad, and I was probably 17. Can you give the listeners any insight into the Another Night Alone playlist, which was (laughs) the one I was referring to? What is on this playlist? If somebody wants to get in their feels, what are we queuing up in the world of Alison Cochran? Oh, for sure. Frank Ocean. Of course. Absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. Daniel Caesar, getting your feels. Honestly, I get my feels in Brockhampton, Billie Eilish, got some Rex on here, got some Lizzie 1975. Um, I also think, oh, Dijon has been one of my really favorite artists this summer. But Taylor Swift, Harry Styles, whew, Paramore. Oh my God, Sam Smith. How did, oh, how did I forget about these songs? Hannah Montana, I Will Always Remember You, saddest fucking song ever. But those are like, those are my sad songs. I appreciate them and I respect them. I think you are well within your right to, it seems like you're the type of person that to like a song, you either have to be able to dance to it or cry to it. Is that a fair assumption? Or like, yeah, like dance slash vibe. Well, you know, in a way, yeah, yeah. we're all vibing. Right, sure. You know, it's just a matter of, oh, of whether or not sure. we're going to dance or cry, whichever is the yeah. more appropriate vibe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, like Allison, this album, Give Me a Minute, which, like I said, was released on August 13th, 2020, the quickest turnaround that we've done for an album release point. 
And when we're talking about it on the podcast, with the exception of the band Same and their album Plastic Western, in which we previewed on this podcast specifically, uh, it came out just over a month ago. Allison, mid-August, what are you doing with your life? Is it that drastically different from what you're doing now in early September? Did anything big happen other than your haircut? Give us a brief summary of your of your past month. Um, no, I mean, I moved back here to Chicago because I was with my parents over quarantine and I was here for about like five days and then the album came out. So this has kind of been like my Chicago album so far. I listen to it when I walk um, to the bus or to Walgreens, go Walgreens. Um, it's just kind of like always on. Um, so, but I've been doing the same thing. I've been sitting here in my apartment um hanging out so nothing has changed besides my hair well i'm glad that the core personality of allison cochran is still intact that this album for how i will say up top how horrifically sad it is at times Mm -hmm. it has not altered your core personality you know 13 songs 43 minutes the album is broken up into six songs an interlude and then another six songs Allison, when we talk about the first half of the album with the title track, with a song like Nothing, with a song like Over the Ocean Call, uh, just to name a few, is there any song or any, yeah, any song in the first half of the album that jumps out at you as a real standout? Um, definitely Nothing and Sad and Stuff is probably my favorite song in the whole entire album, if not just like that first half. I don't want to leave, so tell me why I'm going. I don't want to leave, but I'm gone. I don't want to leave, but I'm already running. And if you ask what's wrong, nothing. It's just so, it's heartbreaking. You know, like, and oh, I, I see the hams. Please talk. Oh, no, no, no. I was not going to, to interrupt you. I apologize oh, oh, oh. for shifting my position. Oh, no, you're fine. I thought you were like, I'm ready to say something. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let me go. Let me go. No, Allison, you are on a roll. Please go ahead. Uh, okay. Talking about just how tragic this album is at times. Yeah, but, and I love how the first song in the album is Give Me a Minute. And like, you know, the title of the, it just like oozes in, not oozes. It like flows so nicely. Um, and just like the guitar is so beautiful in the beginning. Um, and it just kind of really gives us um, a preview of what's to come. And then it goes into nothing and sad stuff. Just like, oh, I don't want to leave, but I'm gone. If you ask me what's wrong, nothing. Are you kidding? The saddest part. And the whole entire fucking song is. Do you want me to sing it? Am I allowed to sing? Uh, we'll we'll sing this one and then we'll evaluate for future songs. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Well, this is the, my like favorite line, so I think I have to sing it. Okay, go ahead. Here's um oh I only write down this I only wrote down the second there. It's like here's your shirt I stole. Take back what you gave me to hold. Are you kidding? That's so, so heartbreaking. 
So that is the line that jumped out at me because you're exactly right. The title track, Give Me a Minute, it opens the album. It is a perfect table setter for what is to come. I think you can get the idea of the entire album from that opening track. It's very soft. It's almost a whisper. It reminds me of like a Laura Marling in the way that it is produced. And then you go into nothing which was just heartbreaking. And I think however you might feel about the style of this music, this is certainly something a little bit more softer than what I typically listen to. But above all else, I appreciate good songwriting, and especially in the first half of this album. The second half we'll talk about when we get to it, but especially (laughs) in the first half of this album, I was blown away at how intense and emotional and more, most importantly, how personal this album mm-hmm. sounds. And you, you so beautifully sung the line that I had highlighted. Mm-hmm. You know, th- these lines about giving your clothes back to to your, you know, now ex partner, and just almost refreshing your life in a way. What is it? Is the true finality of a relationship the? all-encompassing and horribly awkward meeting where you exchange uh, items and possessions that had been given to you in a prior relationship? Is that just the end all of like, this is over, there's no more getting back together for you? Because I know for me, very symbolic in my prior relationships of like, once these items have been given back to me, it is very much over. Right. Yeah. And I agree to an extent, even though, um, my ex-boyfriend left all of his clothes in my apartment. And so I had them in my storage unit for five months. Um, but they're gone now. They got lost in the move. Yeah. Uh, I hate when that happens, but you just lose stuff in a move. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I think the end, like for clothes and stuff, I left some clothes at my ex's house. And I, he was already gone because he went back um, home for quarantine. And so I texted his roommate and I was like, hey, this is like a month after we, I mean, uh, this was, uh, this is, anyway. uh, (laughs) What, I don't know what the time, I don't know what timeline you're hiding. I'm not sure what you're trying to avoid with that. No, there's there's no, okay, it's normal. Um, And so I texted him and I was like, hey, I have some clothes. Will you just like put them on the back porch for me and my brother will pick them up like, uh, and then he texted me back like, yeah, it's all outside. And I was like, thank you so much. Like, I don't want to bother you. I'm so sorry. And then he just texts me. No problem. Allison, you are still loved. And then I started sobbing immediately. Were you, but in, isn't that were so, you, it's so sweet where I have to ask because you are someone that I, I, and I don't say this in a malicious way at all. I promise. But you do seem like someone that tends to cry in public. Were you in public when you started to sob or were you in the comfort uh, of your own apartment? No, I was on the fucking ground line. <laughs> like I probably was like passing like Belmont or something. I'm like, <laughs> it was, yeah. And I feel like that was kind of like, I got my clothes back. Everything that was at his place is now with me, like, with that text, like, you were still loved, like, that was my, like, okay, you know? Well, in a way, way you got your clothes back, and you got your closure. (gasps) Okay, write it down, write it down, write it down. Over the ocean call, and I thought I could make it short, but my brain's all out of sorts, I can't hide it, and I'm staring. My 
this isn't working anymore. Allison, I do want to ask you about track three, Over the Ocean Call. I think this was my favorite song on the album. This one really jumped okay. out at me. It reminded me a lot of the Maggie Rogers song, Alaska, and the way that it was produced. I think the instrumentation behind it is very similar. And, you know, I, I'm a man that likes a Maggie Rogers, so I was I was certainly on board with that. What, what really surprised me was, again, some of the tones and some of the messages of this album album and specifically you know a song titled over the ocean call it reminded me of bands a little bit more in my wheelhouse say the front bottoms in their song ocean or los campesinos in their song uh, the sea is a good place to think about the future i have to ask because you are from north carolina you grew up surrounded by water to some extent is the ocean a very reflective place for you? Do you find comfort by the water? Do you find yourself thinking about the bigger picture when you are surrounded by miles and miles of blue ocean? Yeah, I mean, I for sure, I think the ocean a little bit for everyone is a little nostalgic just because it like, when you hit it, I like the ocean when it's like dark out, 1130, you're just like walking with your pals and you just like lay down and like, feel the wind and the water is like kind of bath water it's warm but it's nice and it's nighttime and like that's like my perks of being a wallflower moment you know mm. like i'm laying on the beach and i'm like <laughs> we are infinite but i don't say that out loud because you would be made fun of i would be made fun of so i just keep it in my head but yeah oh god i'm just thinking over the ocean call i think this is the I like this song because it's like, she's saying, oh no, I, I fucked up this one. There's, you know? uh, that's what, that's what I like is this album is not exactly scorn tales from a bitter lover. There was a lot of right. give and take in responsibility and mm -hmm. uh, who is at fault for what. And it is actually a very refreshing look at a breakup album where you see so many different sides and perspectives being illuminated throughout this entire record. And I think this song in particular is uh, such a change of pace from the first two songs we got and then what was to come that it really jumped out at me as something special. Yeah. I do have to ask. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say in the ending, like Andrew, just how like gentle it is and just it's just so much more heartbreaking. Like she didn't want to fucking do that. No, that's that is one of the things that I have had to learn in my various uh, relationship fails, if you will. Not exactly like it is a YouTube compilation of being rejected in a fail sense, <laughs> but just in my trials and tribulations, the idea that sometimes uh, getting hurt is not exactly the desirable option, but it is for the best when it comes to the person that is doing it. And I think that is, you know, hopefully a, a mature perspective to have something that other people uh, can start to understand or rather they fully understand. But also what I do have to ask you is you mentioned perks of being a wallflower. <laughs> Two-part question one, couldn't you see a song from this album just fitting in beautifully in that soundtrack? And yes! <laughs> oh, yeah! Was Perks a big influence on you? Because I do feel like for people our age, Perks is a movie that you can point to, or the book even, and people can go, yes, that was a definitive point in my life. That helped frame my perspective on a certain issue or a certain lifestyle, whatever it may be. 
Yeah, I remember when I saw the movie first. I think I was in eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. I was definitely in middle school. Um, and that movie was like the first time that I like started to feel my teenage angst. And I was like, wait, I am different. And maybe I don't like to live with my parents. And well, wait a second, you know. <laughs> and then I read the book um, maybe when I was in eighth grade or when I was in like freshman year of high school. I don't remember um, the timeline. But I still to this day, it is my favorite book. And I have it like sticky noted and highlighted. Like it is my baby. Like it's like every time I read it, it's something different. And it just brings me back to like, literally that was the, that was like my angst awakening. My just that book. It's sad. It's like, I don't know. That book made me think like, Oh wait, maybe I am sad. Hold on a second now. Well, that is something I know. I think you and I are very similar in the sense that there is a very public persona that that we put on. I feel like Allison Cochran and Case Lowe are two people that if you see them around, they are typically very loud, very jovial, very happy to be there. And so hot. And so, so sexy. And so fucking hot. But <laughs> underneath that clown makeup, there is a a sad clown brewing. There are tears flowing. And I do feel like this is an album, much like maybe what Perks did for you, that someone uh, who's going through it, going through a lot, that they can find comfort in this album, that they can, you know, become someone new through the soundtrack of this music. And, and that is, in a sense, what I hope this podcast, you know, uh, contributes to society is I hope people find new music that they can, you know, take with them into the future. What I might not be doing, however, is taking the following two tracks I knew and where do I go. Those are not making any of my playlists anytime soon. I thought those were a dip in quality compared to the first three songs. But Allison, judging by your inquisitive look, and I just now noticed that you do have part of your eyebrow shaved. We'll circle back to that. But uh, you you seem to maybe disagree with me about my takes on songs <laughs> four and five. Um. I love Where Do I Go. I think it has the same vibe as nothing inside and stuff. Um, and it's, I think that one is like, fuck, how do I tell you I miss you? I think it's perfect because it's, I broke up with you. I knew that you loved me when this happened. Where do I go? Fuck. Like, how do I tell you I miss you? I do think there is something with these two songs where it, it sounded like there was a filter applied or some sort of voice effect that sounded very tinny to me. And I, I think it stripped away the more pure qualities of her voice, the things that we heard early on in the album. And because of that, I was a little disappointed with the production of the songs, even if lyrically, obviously they were terrific. And I think that continues into to the mountains which is her third most popular song on spotify allison i I will ask you before we talk about the song itself uh this is a song all about getting distance and and we are in a time of social distance and i have to ask you we've talked a little bit about breakups uh, of prior life are you attempting to find love in a socially distant universe and if you are how is that process going um i no, no, thank you. I um, am not really one looking for love right now. 
but definitely not in a social distance like sense. Um, no, I think just because not that my last breakup was so recent, like it's been almost seven months. I'm just like kind of in the time where I'm doing things for myself. Like I got a mullet. I'm here to work on myself. <laughs> like let's love myself first, you know? Allison, I'm so glad that you have that perspective. I think that is not to single you out. I think that's an important perspective for everybody to have. And I am in the same boat in terms of not necessarily aspiring for any sort of relationships or for trying to even find someone new to talk to. We're at a very scary time right now. I don't want to be around new people. I don't want to mm -hmm. meet new people. I would rather just keep to myself, keep on doing my thing, read a little bit, learn a little bit, try to become a better person out of this entire thing. Because rock and I, roll a little bit. Rock, hey, uh, rock and roll all day, party all night. You know how it is. But I, I, I do worry that with such a catastrophic nine months we've had, that by the end of it, people are going to be so much looking forward to resuming life as it once were, going back to this air quotes normal, that we are going to ignore any and all lessons that we could have possibly learned from what is hopefully a once in a lifetime pandemic. And I wish the people that are out there that are maybe single and looking to mingle, I wish they would just pause for a second and realize that there is something bigger occurring and maybe let that wash over them and try to find a new perspective or two in life. And I and I hope that is what happens. I would like to think that is what's happening. But I, I those those damn apps, those tenders and those bumbles, they are still out there and people are still swiping right in a pandemic. And that greatly concerns me. Okay, well, I haven't seen you on Bumble yet since I've been in Chicago. So I don't. I don't, I don't have them. I. I am not. I have not been on them since April. I realized that this was going to be a long process, and the last thing I wanted to do, especially in Indiana, just where it's just <laughs> it's, it's it's Indiana people. Come on, but like. Right. I was not in the mood to meet someone new. I have not wanted to uh, uh, forge a new relationship at any time since mid-March. I would rather just keep to myself and focus on Case for once. Yeah. Self-love, baby. <laughs> well, we go from there to the uh, the interlude of the album that sort of breaks everything up, uh, mm. you know, entitled You Love, nice 50-second uh, sort of palate cleanser as we transition into the second half of the album, which begins with a song called Mean Something, which I, I found to be very funny in a way, very interesting song mm. about sort of these post-breakup uh, self-reflections and overanalyzation that some people find themselves doing. Allison, in, in any uh, relationships that you have gotten out of, do you relate to the song and maybe looking for signs and trying to connect dots that maybe aren't there, like the universe is trying to tell you something, even if it really isn't? Oh, for sure. And that, like, goes hand in hand with my anxiety. Like, uh, just everything. Um, especially right after my ex and I broke up, I work on the street he used to live off of. So it was just like, why am I still working? I mean, I love my job. Hey, hey job I work at. <laughs> I work for um, America's Next Top Model. <laughs> no, actually I wanna work for Gatorade. Anyway, so at my for the company that I work at is Gatorade. I work at Gatorade. 
Um, but yeah, oh, for sure. Like a song would come on that like I haven't heard in a long time. And then it's like, of course it's that fucking song. Or I would see someone or see something like things that I wouldn't notice before when I was in a relationship. Um, and I like to tell myself that those things are there. Maybe as like a, hey, good thing you're not with that dude. Or like a, you should call him. I think that is the the balance that we are all looking to find of whether or not the universe is speaking to us in these indirect or at times very direct ways. I know for me, I, I'm always thinking when, when any sort of relationship ends, I'm always thinking about, you know, what if I bump into them here? You know, what, what does that mean? I'm always expecting to see someone there despite there being no reason for them to be there, no correlation. Mm-hmm. Although I will say... I was briefly, ever so briefly, seeing someone in February, and in between what would have been oh. our, oh, I remember our second and third dates, uh, I did run into this person in <sighs> Chicago, a city of nine million people. I did run into this person on another date after canceling <laughs> plans with me. It was for me. One of the most joyful occasions of my life. I couldn't believe it was happening. I was not hurt by it. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I saw uh, her and the the guy she was with. Uh, we crossed each other on the crosswalk. I gave her a salute and a howdy partner. It made me <laughs> laugh. It was a good time uh, for me. And then, as I said, that was between the second and the third date. We still did go out one more time. It was not addressed at the date. She did not bring it up. Hey, sorry, I canceled on you and then saw somebody else and by the end of that third date i was good we had we had tried it it did not work we put it to bed but it was uh maybe that is is why now in the future i've always you know word i'm gonna run into somebody and what does that mean and Mm -hmm. what am i gonna say to them because i do have some experience with it as for the song i i think it's fine the second half of the album I don't know. It loses something. I think there's a luster and a rawness to the first half that I enjoyed so much. And I think this song, and especially in what follows Same Boat, which I think is the lowest song on the record, is just one that I just did not want to listen to after really the first time I heard it. And then every time I listened to it for this podcast, it just continued to, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I think the second half starts off on a bit of a downslope. Where do you stand on it? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's as strong as the top half, um, but I still do like all of the songs. I think there's something, even, like, with Same Boat, like, I just think there's something there that I can relate to still. Like, it, sure, it's not, like, one I'm going to add to my playlist or, like, put on, but I do appreciate it being in here. Um, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but I think the, the song that saves the second half of the album is How Do I Tell You? Okay, so so yeah, let's actually but, well no let let's go to that because I what well, we, yeah what breaks up same boat and how do I tell you was the song pancakes for dinner it is the hit off of the album mm-hmm. if there is one I understand why it is maybe as popular as it is it certainly sounds like something that could sell you fabric softener or American Eagle jeans I mean it sounds like a a, a Kobe Calais song in a sense even mm-hmm. if. I'm very, I, I, I guess I, I will pause to talk about Pancakes for Dinner for a second because I'm very intrigued by this song because the chorus of it is so jaunty and upbeat and almost carefree. But the song 
is about death and, and telling this, you know, this former partner, you know, hey, here's all these things in case I'm no longer here to tell you these things. And I, and I relate it to the song Law Disputes, First Reactions After Falling Through the Ice, which is about, you know, what if you fell through the ice and drowned? Would your ex-girlfriend be sad about it? Love that song. Very much relate to it. But Allison, I do have to ask you as it relates to pancakes for dinner. You are such an upbeat and outgoing and social person. You seem to live life on the edge to an extent. Do you fear death? Is that something you're constantly worried about? Maybe how it affects your air quotes legacy at all? Is this something that concerns you? Well, wow, that's so crazy that we're not talking about like my biggest anxiety ever. I hate death. I literally want to be a vampire so I never die. I can't die. I don't want to. I, I, death is so terrifying. And the thought of like, that's the one thing I don't like about this song is that it is scary. I'm like, this plane might not land safely. Like, fuck it. Like, what would I say to someone? Like, it just makes me think like, what's going to be my pancakes for dinner? Um, so yeah, I hate thinking about death to answer your question. Okay. Well, I'm on the same boat. It terrifies me, <laughs> keeps me up at night. I, I don't want to die. I feel like I, even if it's not important, I, I have a lot that I want to do in this life and death yeah. will ruin that. Maybe, uh, we're planning to ride like you're running out of time. Yeah, maybe something like that. We're Hamilton. We're Hamilton case. Do you get it? I have not seen Hamilton. I'm against How Hamilton. I'm Why? Not, I don't like musicals. I'm not entertained by the art form. But it. Okay. The next episode, we're talking about fucking Hamilton. I don't want to do that. I feel. <laughs> then I am making my own podcast called I'm Forcing Case to Listen to This. And the first episode is going to be Hamilton. And the second episode is going to be read by Taylor Swift. That's a great spinoff podcast. We could talk about that. I, I'm very entertained <laughs> by that idea. But uh, another thing that I'm entertained by is the song that you mentioned, How Do I Tell You? <laughs> I'm a little scared you'll leave, even though you tell me you won't. I'm a little scared of being someone that you're scared to love. But you don't talk the way he did, and you don't say the things he did. I'm not who I was back then, but still. Just real quick before I give you the floor and I and I will let you wax poetically about the song. It is the tonal shift that I was looking for. It is just a detachment from the first half of the album. Uh, this is the idea that Lizzie is now in a new relationship, but is still dealing with some some pain, some feelings from a prior heartbreak. And I found this to be a very intriguing song. Yeah, I think the uh, like the perspective on it is really neat. Um, the line that stands out to me is, how do I tell you I've learned to love the pain? Mm. Are you fucking kidding me? This girl was hurt. Like, damn. And then like, how do I tell you I got it from him? It's just like so much of your past relationship is like in this current one with this guy and like, or this girl or whoever. Um, it just makes you think like how fucked up things or good things from a past relationship will affect you towards your next one. You know, it's like you'll have that in the back of your head. 
So I guess I, I ask you this with the idea in mind that you're someone who is very open about anxiety, OCD. You're a person of routine uh, and you have such a well-established personality. I mean, people, you know, people that know you know who you are. You know, you, you're you you're very loud and very engaging and it's great to be around. I think you're, you know, we once ate dinner at the Rainforest Cafe and <laughs> your, your performance, and granted there was no performing, it was just dinner, but your performance was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I think about that night so <laughs> often and how entertaining you were. And I put that back on myself as someone that, I'm very comfortable with who I am, even if I don't necessarily like the person that I am at times. And this song made me look at at that. And I think Lizzie's going through the same thing in the song where she's trying desperately to change her personality to become someone new. But just, you know, in the same way that people that try to quit smoking they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do because smoking is such a part of their personality. They feel like if they lost that, they would lose a part of themselves. And I feel the ver- uh, a very similar way mm-hmm. internally. Is that something that that you think about from time to time of maybe wanting to shift who you are or how you approach things, but you're just unsure of how to do it? Oh yeah. And I think like what you said earlier, like I am very open about talking about my OCD and anxiety. Like I would not be who I am, like this loud, crazy person without like my OCD and doing my routines and, um, you know, my past experiences. But I feel like that's like how it is for everyone. Like they, like there's just going to be one thing that will always like make them them. Yeah, for sure. I I am not unique in my experience, but it is something as I as I try to evolve again, like we talk about, you know, we are in a pandemic. I would like to think that some some self-reflection is occurring and I maybe worry about who I am at times and the way I've come across to people. And and this song made me look inwards and Mm -hmm. look at that, whereas what followed the song Apple Pie, a nice song. It sounded mm-hmm. sounded big sonically. It was very interesting. When I hear Apple Pie, though, I do think of the American Pie franchise. Allison, are you familiar with American Pie at all? And your thoughts on it twenty twenty one years after the first release? Of course, my crazy ass loves American Pie. That shit is so funny. I was like thirteen when I watched it, and I was like, what? I don't think I've watched it since, uh, but I need to. Uh, about a year ago, I went back and I was like, I am going to rewatch the first American, first two American Pie movies. Let's see how these hold up. I was about to say, they're probably problematic now. I have not watched them in years. The interesting thing about American Pie 1 is that most of the plot is built around a sex crime of (laughs) watching the foreign exchange student strip on a webcam without her knowledge of it, which is bizarre. That is like a 15-minute scene in the movie. There is no way, forget the the subject matter, there is no way in a contemporary comedy that a scene lasts that long as the scene where she gets naked on her webcam. It goes on for forever. But if you look past the sex crime, pretty funny movie. American Pie 2, I long, I, I for so long had the take that American Pie 2 was actually better than American Pie 1. 
after rewatching them somewhat recently, I I can't co-sign that anymore. I think mm. American Pie One is a Stone Cold classic for all of its faults. I think it should still be watched. I think it's a super funny movie. It has I mean, nothing when to he... do. Go ahead. Yes. When he has sex with the pie. I mean, come on now. I mean, come on now. That's comedy. Come on. Come on. That's, that's comedy. comedy. <laughs> it has um, nothing I to haven't... do with the song Apple Pie, but it is. I felt like it was at least worth getting your take on the American Pie franchise. No, I kind of love that, actually. <laughs> now I will never listen to the song the same, which is thank you. And also fuck you, but thank you mostly. <laughs> well, it is just an okay song. I do like the way the album ends with headstones and landmines. It is the 13th mm-hmm. song on the album. Uh, an- another song about death, and I respect any album that tackles death in its final mm-hmm. song. Alison Cochran, where do you stand on the final song of the album? I think it's a very nice getaway or like a nice ending. I think it kind of ties it all together. Um, it's not too slow that it's really, really depressing. Um, and I feel like in this song, she can like kind of finds the beauty of death. It beautifully puts a bow tie yeah. on the prior 12 songs. I think that is exactly it. It yeah. encapsulates this whole album very well. I was very satisfied by the end of this album, an artist that I was unfamiliar with, an album that I was unfamiliar with. You brought it into my life, and I have to say that I really enjoyed it. So, Allison, I, I turn the tables to you for a second. We talked about at the top of the show how this is probably the first podcast that has discussed this album. There's not a ton of of writing about this album either. So I am going to give you the chance to be objective for, for a quick second. And if you had to rate this album out of 10 with decimals or fractions or whatever it is that you want to use to justify your rating, what are we rating this album? Give me a minute. I'm honestly not going to lie. I think it's like an 8.7 out of 10. I really, and and I think it's because it hasn't even been out for a month. So the more that I listen to it, the more I like it. I think this could easily be one of my favorite albums by the end of the year. Like this could be in my top 2020. Um, I think it's beautiful. And this was like the sad girl album that I needed. It is one of those things that struck me again. It's much softer than what I typically listen to, but the songwriting is so strong and so mm-hmm. intriguing at so many different points in the album it's not a it's not a top ten album for me this year, but realistically, if I'm building a top twenty or a top twenty five, I am probably finding a place for this album in that list, and it's a detached. That makes from- me feel so good. Oh my god, I'm like Kate's actually likes an album that I showed him. This is like crazy. I'm honored. It is. Uh- I, I guess in a way it is similar to maybe uh, the Phoebe Bridgers album that came out this year or the Christian Lee Hudson album that came out this year, which Phoebe Bridgers produced. I think uh, tonally it is similar to those. I do think it is a, a bit of a detachment because, again, I think this album can drift into fabric softener commercial sounds mm-hmm. at points, but there is a rawness and a grittiness in the songs that matter and I really, mm-hmm. really enjoyed that. So, Allison, I will now turn the tables on you. Uh, we've talked this entire episode about breakups, anxiety, OCD, all of these factors that we are dealing with and how you have been able to find comfort in those because of this album. So, Allison, mm-hmm. who needs to hear this album and why? Ooh. <gasps> like someone we know or like a celebrity? 
<laughs> Whatever you think the appropriate response to that question is, please go ahead and answer it as such. Who needs to listen to this album? Okay, I would say my ex-boyfriend, but I don't want him to like like it as much as I do. I think that is that is perhaps the perfect answer. You you want someone that has hurt you to listen to the album, but you don't want them to enjoy it as much of you as much as you out of spite. And I think that perfectly summarizes. Give me a minute. The Lizzie McAplin album, just uh, such a, a marvelous piece of songwriting in particular. I really enjoyed it. So Allison, we are at the end of the show already. A, a mere fifty minutes, and we have accomplished our goal. <laughs> Where can the people find you on social media? What would you like the people to know about? This is your platform to tell the people what you'd like. Um, well, hey, girls. Um, yeah, uh, I. you can follow me on Instagram at Alleycock, A-L-L-I-E-C-O-C-H. Just my a little, like, cute little nickname. And then on Twitter um, at Cochran 4 just my last name, C-O-C-H-R-A-N-E. Um, yeah, that's kind of, like, my two main... Uh, social medias right now. Um, whenever theaters open back up again, <laughs> come watch uh, my team hots for hots for your dad. But who knows when improv will ever be up again? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> this could be the end of improv as we know it. I know. Still haven't figured out if that's a good thing or a bad thing. A real up in the air about the the future of improv and whether or not I will miss it if it's gone. <laughs> right. Right. Um. But yeah, no, that's that's me. Honestly, my Pinterest is fire. Please follow me on Pinterest. Is your Pinterest just under I, your name? It's uh, it's I think it's Allison C two two seven, which is my birthday. So if anyone wants to send me a birthday gift in February, um, I will also link my address. Well, Allison, no, I'll make a PO box. Please, a snail mail for the listeners yeah. who send Allison Cochran a birthday present. Allison, is there an organization that you would like people to know about this week? Yeah, uh, for sure. This one is based um, in the south side of Chicago. Um, it's called Brave Space Alliance. Um, it's a Black led, trans led, LGBTQIA um, center just working for um, all those people in the community. Um, it's been great. They're, they do fundraisers. Um, you can donate by groceries and they take them to protest. Um, people in need, uh, you can follow them on Instagram. It's just Brave Space Alliance. They have almost 40,000 followers, which is fucking awesome. Um, so yeah, I've donated some money to here. I follow them on Instagram, just trying to um, do what I can for the crazy world that we live in. Uh, with that in mind, and I, I once again echo Allison's thoughts on the Brave Space Alliance, you can get in touch with me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Caselow, C-A-S-E-L-O-W-E. You can find the podcast itself on Instagram at Art School Albums. And this week, you can donate to igrowchicago.org. They help the Inglewood neighborhood to thrive, not just survive. The nonprofit is taking donations for washable masks, emergency response packages, and care packages, among other things, to aid in COVID relief efforts as we are still living in the midst of a pandemic. Be safe. Take care. Be smart. Allison, I'd like to thank you for coming on the podcast for your second time. You were such a delightful guest, as always. And this has been the Art School Albums podcast. Lizzie McAlpin's Give Me a Minute. <laughs>